2: Uh, giving like little pearls of wisdom. Like he said, if you want to be a great coach, become a teacher. You know, and I thought, oh, what do you mean by that? Then I realized when I, I, I did a teacher qualification that football is about teaching people something. Um, and he was, and he always seemed to me as this really stern guy. You know, he was like, this, you know, Dick's coming in the room, you know, stand by your bed.
3: Hey guys, you're now listening to the Coaches Network podcast. Podcast aimed at anyone who's passionate about athlete, talent, and personal development. My name's Coach Yass, and I'm a a licensed football coach, coach developer, and content creator. I'll be sitting down with a range of guests to discuss their journeys, their life lessons, and how you can make an impact. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Coaches Network. My name's Coach Yass, and today I've got a very special guest with me today uh, a colleague, a mentor, and a friend, Pete Augustine. Evening, Pete, how are you?
2: I'm very well, Yass.
3: How are you? Yeah, fine, thank you. Uh, Pete, just for those you who know, aren't too familiar with who you are and what you do, would you mind just giving us a bit of a, a backdrop as to what that is?
2: Yeah, I'm, uh, I work for the FA. I'm a coach development officer with uh, a specific remit on um, including, uh, I keep getting this wrong, diversity and inclusion. Uh, so my, the idea is to see if we can, you know, um, our mantra is about, you know, dealing with the stubborn inequalities that exist in the game. And uh, ensuring that, uh, you know, that minority coaches, uh, you know, coaches who are underrepresented are given a, a voice in the game. Um, b- b- before that, I was a county coach developer, which was, you know, uh, basically somebody who, who looked up the running courses and that sort of stuff.
3: Brilliant. Right. Pete, I just want to take you right, you know, right to the heart of it and back to your, I guess, coaching journey and the start of that. Obviously, you know, uh, knowing you quite well, you know, we've talked in the past about, you know, you playing at a, a reasonable level earlier in your mm-hmm. career. Um, but where did coaching come around for you? you? Know how did you first get involved in coaching? What was it about coaching that kind of grabbed you?
2: Where, if I think back to my uh, if, my earliest, if you like, recollections of, of coaching, it probably started when I was probably about twelve. Cause I started coaching myself because I wasn't the most gifted, naturally gifted. Of football players if, if that actually exists and um, because I was quite studious I, I, I wanted to learn about the game I wanted to learn about how I could be better as a footballer so I would uh, I would buy uh, coaching books and the first book that I bought well actually when I say I bought it um, I, I won a prize at school um, for being a good boy and, uh, and uh, it was a book voucher. The book voucher I bought. The first book was a guy by a guy called Gerhard Bauer. Uh, I don't even think you can get that book now. But it was about uh, the idea of put the techniques of of of, um, of football. So how you how you could uh, kick the ball, how you could pass it, how you could do inside of the foot uh, curling balls, outside of the foot curling balls. And I'd go out in the in the garden, in my garden, and annoy the neighbours and just keep kicking balls against the back wall. Um, and uh and, and so that was kind of you know i i wanted to learn about the intricacies of the game i wanted to know how to do things and then you know fast forward a few years later i, I then took on a team i was 14 and i became the manager of, of the local um uh um youth club team um and uh i didn't know anything about coaching or anything like that but i just took the team we just we we had a we had a uh a concrete court that we would, where we would train um, and we'd train, I think it was a Tuesday night, I think, if I remember rightly, and we'd gather and we'd play basically we were just playing football. That's all we were doing. There was no coaches. And then, and, and, uh, and, and I think I managed to get um, the, the the famous Luther Blissett one day to come down and give us a coaching session. Uh, and, and that was only because uh, I knew his brother. So he came down and, you know, he was at the height of his powers then. And he came and did a coaching session for us. Um, and then really, then after that, it was a case of um, I got into non-league football, played. Um, and then when I was coming towards the end of my coaching career, I, I got a, a player coach role at a club called Beckersville Cycle. And I went there for five years. And that's how it really started, because I wanted to stay involved in football after finishing playing. And coach was the only way I could do that. And when I was offered that opportunity, I thought, you know what, I'm going to do this. And I spent five years there just learning, learning the game. Didn't even, didn't even, I did, I don't think I started my level two until I was at the end of the time when I was there. So, and even then, you know, I'd spent like, I think when I found out, you know, I needed, I needed badges. I spent two years trying to get on a level two course, which, you know, unlike today where you can, you can just, make a phone call and you're on a course that back then he was you know you really had to work hard to get yourself on a course
3: you know and you obviously know, just on that you know you talked there about getting involved and having those five years and really grafting. but you know having that exposure from earlier and, like, and I like the way that you talked about your coaching from the age of 12 and you start coaching yourself mm. I guess you know I want to take you right you know touch on a few points that you mentioned there firstly with that What did that look like? Obviously, reading books. How would you, you know, how would you go around maybe self-correcting, self-diagnosing where you could maybe further develop and where you were doing well in that respect?
2: Well, it was it was funny because what you what I did is I I I created and devised a series of challenges for myself as a twelve year old. So I drew, uh, probably close to graffiti now. I drew on a wall uh, at a local school that was just around the back of uh, the house that I lived in with my mum and dad, and drew. Uh, several lines and when I was trying to to uh, do like curling shots I think well, I'd give myself two points if I hit it inside that line and three points if I hit it in that side that line and so on and so forth and uh, you know then I would do things like kick the ball up against the wall which is just simple stuff you know and I would try and sort of like do volleys back so could I could I do a side volley could I do a volley uh, as it came back or, you know, with my instep side foot, all that sort of stuff that's what I I, I practised. And, you know, that was the kind of, you just kind of made it up as you went along. There was no formula. There was nobody to tell me that you did it You did it wrong. You just did it. And then when, it, when I went and played in games for, for, for like the youth club or the school or whatever, and then occasionally a ball would come to me and, you know, might be a volley and I'd hit it straight away because I didn't think about it because I'd been practising it and practising it and practising it. And so that that thing around you know self yeah you know, again I think youngsters do it today they self correct. The difference is now we've got coaches who who, who are telling them when to self correct. But I think kids will self correct themselves if they're elect, if they're given enough time to do that.
3: Mm, no, I totally agree. And I think you know the you know the question is then, and I'm sure we'll get onto this later. But you know we'll just touching it now really in that as a coach, when is the right time to get involved? You know I think we. You'd, i don't know it would be interesting to get your thoughts to be honest things have shifted massively over the last few years and you, know, you talked there about your level too when you're getting on that probably quite a challenge in, in that and obviously nowadays it's a bit more of an entry-level qualification almost um and even within that the pathways has changed so much from maybe when you
2: i've lost you
3: yeah you... Oh, i got you back yeah Listen, um, you know, so the pathway has changed so much, you know, from maybe when you did your level two to when I've done mine and what it looks mm. like now. So I think for a lot of learners and coaches out there, would you mind just speaking to what that was like in terms of understanding some of the technical aspects of it? Because obviously you mentioned there, you know, referenced a book that you you know you purchased as a mm. you know, with your book voucher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what what was that like in terms of you know going through the course at that time, and you know what was the where was, where was most of
2: the focus of the courses shifted to then? Well, a lot of the courses
3: back at, at
2: the level two when I did it was very, very much about technical, you know, um, a technique skill game. So what was the technique to do something? What was the technique to run with the ball? What was the technique to, to dribble? What was the technique to, to maybe even to head? Everything, there was a technique uh, that was associated with it. Then it would be, how would you then advance that on Um, with a little bit of pressure, then what would it look like in a game? So the idea was around seeing your level of competence uh, within that coaching course. Um, And listen, it has its place. uh, uh, And I I think there were some aspects of it that were very good. I think for me, the question that I always ask myself is the why? Well, if I'm going to run with the ball, why would I run with the ball? So I remember when I first became a tutor and um, I, I did my first level two, um, and I'd become the a, a county coach developer. And I remember saying to a coach that I was working with at the time, another coach, um, another uh, tutor, I said, when we, when we start to look at the, the practices that we're going to do, let's look at the why as to why. Well, what would, so we're going to invent a practice, let's make the practice have to make the players run with the ball, as opposed to just saying, you're just going to run with the ball. And I think that was, you know, we had quite a bit of success with that on that course, I remember rightly, because the, the 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 coaches were then able to see when I would run with the ball, because if you're doing a practice, you don't want to just be running with the ball all the time, because that's not what the game looks like. You run with the ball because there's a reason to run with the ball. You dribble because there's a reason to dribble. You shoot because there's a reason to shoot. You just don't do these things in in, in, in just in isolation. Um... And I think now the courses are much more around. Not, not there is a technical aspect to it, but there's also uh, things around um, the psychological and the social aspects of coaching. Um, you know, how do how do we make players feel when they're uh, when they're you know, when we coach them? Um, what skill sets do players come into? Do we recognise that? So it's become. Uh, although you might say, that people might say the level two is, is, is almost like an entry level. There's so much more to it than that. Because if you think about it, if you're a grassroots coach, you're dealing with parents, you're dealing with other members of the club, you're dealing with, with opposition, all those things, and they come into the level two, the current level two. So I think um, I think there's going to be, a, am a, pretty sure there's a, a, a revamp of it. But the, the I think one of the things I would say is that we go in phases and we start to think about, well, what it, what's the game going to look like in five years? What do the coaches need to know? What do they need to know now? What are they going to need to know in two years' time, three years' time, four years' time? So I think that the, the, it's very difficult to design a course and anybody who's got that job, uh, it's a hard job to design a course that fits all the things, that especially that grassroots coaches are going to have to deal with. Yeah.
3: You know, kind of just on that, you talk about you know, designing a course and looking at where things need to be further developed and you know, you touched there. obviously, yes, there probably is still some element of a technical uh, aspect of it, but it's much more of a holistic thing now. Mm-hmm. Would you say that that being the case that there's um, less coaches coming through that I guess have a, have a good technical uh, base on, and under the <laughs> technical aspect of the game?
2: I, I don't think it's the course that gives you that. I think people think that it should be the course that gives you that it shouldn't be the course that gives you that the course is a framework for you to go and then to start to discover stuff and if you think that the course is going to give you technical knowledge you're you're, you're not on the right course you know if you think about if you did a GS GCSE in, in in biology the GCSE in biology wouldn't wouldn't teach you everything you need to know about biology would it it would you did have to go and take an a, 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 maybe an a level or an a, 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 a a plus W, you can tell I ain't been at school for a long time. Uh, you have to keep going and finding the knowledge. And I think that's one of the things that um, I, 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 I believe is slightly missing, is that coaches expect the courses to give them everything. It's, the course isn't designed to do that. The, 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 the course is designed to get your juices flowing, to want you to go out and find more, more ways of doing stuff and, 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 and your own way of doing stuff because, you know, nobody wants, because what you end up with is you end up with clones, clones of um, of, of, the, of the coach educator if you go down that road and nobody say doesn't want, you know, another clone of Peter Augustine. It's, that's the horrible thing to, to have to think about. Um, so I think that we have to, you, you know, as coaches, coaches have to be prepared to go out and do extra learning themselves, whether that's from the book, from books, from uh, the internet, whatever it is, and then decide what bits they want to take and what, what What's better for their players? That's the thing that's important. It's the players that are important. You know, yeah, we mustn't forget them.
3: You know? Definitely. I think just on that then, you know, for coaches who maybe have got the mindset that they're, you know, wanting to go onto a course to maybe obtain some of that, that information and maybe haven't been, haven't really gotten as much as they would maybe have wanted or expected from it, what would your advice be to them in terms of where to start? Because, you know, you can talk there about reading books, going on the internet, um, and I think you, you probably agree with me that one of the best ways to do is actually just watching the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but quite often, the coaches coming in at that level, and you know, dare I say, it, some even beyond that, struggle to understand maybe what that actually means and how and what to actually look out for when they are watching the game, and they, they tend to just end, end up becoming a ball watcher rather than actually looking and studying what's actually happening, with, you know, both on and away from the ball.
2: Yeah, I mean. <laughs> If if you're if you're if you're a grassroots coach, and you're working with the under sevens, and you're watching a game with Manchester United and Manchester City, there are certain things that you'll see, but you have to understand that all those things that you see aren't always going to apply to you. You've got to look at the pieces that you think might apply to you. So I will look at, say for example, if I'm if I if I'm working with um, I, I currently work with with two teams at the moment, uh, under 14s and then under 16s. So what I look at is. Okay, if I'm looking at, say, David Silva, uh, who, who was for at Manchester City, you know, Bernardo Silva, you're looking at them and you're going, okay, why are they so good? What are the things that, that, that make them uh, this top player, or this top midfield player? What is it that makes, say, Sadio Mane such a lethal striker? What is it that makes Mo Thalla a lethal striker? Um, and all those, and and I I look at, and, I, and I look at that now. When I look at that, I then go, right, okay, what bits can I, out of that, can I possibly teach my players? Okay, that's the first thing. Then I look at the information that I already have, and I try to marry the two up. If you are a coach and you want to know about the game, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to look at your players. Well, what can they do and what can't they do? Where are they struggling and where do they need help? If you don't do that, I think you're, you're doing them a disservice. Because you, it's no point trying to give them something that they can't do. Uh, you know, uh, young players don't make mistakes because they want to. They normally make them because they don't actually know. You know, um, so what they what your job is to see the bits that they that, that they're missing. I, I, that, that's my my thing, and I, I, we need to spend more time looking at young players and going, okay, how can I help this player? When does that player need me? As opposed to. I'm going to give them help whether they want
3: it or not. I think it's definitely an interesting. point. I was having a conversation with someone today around um, feedback and sometimes unsolicited feedback, and I think mm. that, you know that aspect of right—is like, it the right time? Mm. Uh, I think you know you've got to pay close attention. I think certainly you make a great point in that the younger players, if you're working with young players, you know, not to base what you're going to do with them on what's happening in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. I think you know, spot on. Uh, you know, the message I was trying to give other coaches is: Well, look at the game as it is at the level you're playing at. Mm. You are an under nines coach an under tens coach, whatever age group that might be, and wherever mm. that might be, go out and watch more of those games and see what happens and, and what are the what are the regularities and what are the mm. consistencies in those games, and then start to plan around that. Um, but I want to kind of bring it back to your journey a little bit now. Mm. Um, you know, you talk there about your role as a coach, with in inclusion and diversity officer.
2: It's development uh, officer,
3: yeah. Development officer. Um, how, you know, and obviously, how important do you think that is? First of all, um, and more specifically, linking to that, what are some, you know, how important is that role to you? Um, you know, being from an underrepresented group yourself, mm-hmm. and you know, beyond that, would you mind speaking to maybe some of the challenges that you faced, also being from an underrepresented group?
2: Uh, Yeah, I I think the job itself is vitally important. I think one of the things is you have to normalise people of, of, of different ethnicities in the game because it's normal in the top level of the game. You, you, you can't turn on a, a game and not see uh, an ethnic, diverse, ethnically diverse team in the, in the Premier League, in the, in the Football League, uh, in, 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 the, in the conference, and right the way throughout the pyramid. I think what we have to start recognising is this, is that the game is diverse by nature. And if, as the game is diverse in, in its nature, what is it that the, the people who run the game, what should it look like? So we've got to start to first of all in, in in the first instance is get coaches to understand that you know sorry to say the game isn't fair the game's not fair so if the game's not fair well how do we make it fairer so I think some some of those things that we have to do is we have to we have to make challenges we have to we have to uh, if there were boards of directors or, or 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 committees and stuff like that you know you know, black and Asian coaches have to get on those, uh, and not worry about the fact that, well, actually, I'm not going to be out on the field and coaching. Yes, you will if you want to coach. You always find a way. I think my journey was 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 weird um, because I spent many years, um, not many years, thinking that the game was fair, thinking that I was going to get a chance, thinking that I was going to one day work <laughs> as a Premier League manager. <laughs> I thought that that was going to happen. And then when I left Beaconsfield, and I went um, onto my my B license, uh, and I I moved to Surrey, I realized the game wasn't fair. Because there were people who were telling me, you know, this is what the game looks like. And they were showing me things and explaining things to me that I hadn't actually realized that existed. Because I kind of existed in a bubble because, I had the job at Beaconsfield. All I did was I went there Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. That was my coaching. And that was it. When I moved to Surrey, I had to find another club. I had to I had to try and find my way into places. And and then I started to realise, well, actually, some of this stuff isn't... i never experienced this before. You know, people saying things to me. I remember what, once a, I was manager of a, well, I said a club. I the club. was manager of a club and I was in the... dug. No, I was an assistant. I you was know, sitting in the dugout, and a fan from the opposite side just came round, stuck his head around the dugout, and said to me, Does your slave master know you're here? You know, I, what? You know, but my, my instant reaction was to jump out of the dugout and try and find this individual, but he'd run off. And I'd, I'd never really experienced that. I knew that, that racism in football existed, obviously, because I did. But when you're the direct recipient of it in that way, especially as a coach, you don't expect it. You almost expect it as a player. I mean, my first game that I played when I was playing for Hinton, was I was I was mercilessly abused for 90 minutes. I remember coming out of the tunnel, and I'd just come out of the youth team. And, uh, and as I came out, I was the second to last one that came out of the tunnel. And uh, then I had this, ooh, 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 ooh. And I, and I came out, and I go, geez, I wonder who's, who, who they're doing that to. I said, well, want to be that fella. <laughs> And uh, and then, when I, right, the first time I got the ball and, and it, it, this cacophony of, of monkey charts came up, I thought, oh God, oh, it's me. And it to me. And I looked around the picture and goes, oh, I'm the only black person in the ground. You know, and that was when it hit me then. I, I realised, oh, geez, you know, this is what the likes of the loop of Blissets and the Civil Regis have had to put up with for years. Um, I think then the, the, the difficulty that I had getting onto courses. Was was I I found that, you know, absolutely, you know, really tough. And I think what the toughest part was when. I remember asking an, an individual, who at the time was a, a, a was a coach educator. I said, "Look, I want to get on a course." I didn't know they were a coach educator. I said, "I want to I want to do one of these courses." You know how I get on one? Day? And uh, this uh, this uh, individual said to me, "You don't want to do that, son. You, you're all right. You're all right as you are. You got a job." you'll be fine, don't worry about it, you don't need any of that stuff. I'm thinking, oh, wow. And then years later, this person, I saw that they were a coach educator, I think, well, why would you say that to me? You know, so you then start, and you see these people still about, and you go, what? Well, uh, what? How? But the thing about it is that individual won't remember that conversation. I do. So it's those sort of things that, as you go through your coaching journey, you start to think to yourself, this isn't going to be as easy as I thought it was going to be. This is a lot tougher, and so my thing then to me for me was I was just going to be the best possible coach that I could be. So I keep trying to learn. I never stop. It's to me, it's a, it's a, um, it, it's it's a it's a lifelong um, journey for me. Um, I remember, uh, uh, you know, Dick Bate, the the the, the great FA coach educator. Uh, giving like little pearls of wisdom, like he said, if you want to be a great coach, become a teacher. You know, and I thought, what do you mean by that? Then I realised when I, I I did a teacher qualification that football is about teaching people something. Um, and he was, and he always seemed to me as this really stern guy. You know, he was like, this, you know, Dick's coming in the room. You know, stand by your beds. But this guy had this unerring ability to simplify the game, you know he really, really had a, a, a really uh, um, uh, brilliant ability to do that and so learning of people like him during a, a time when I was really learning was 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 um, was really important Noel Blake was another one uh, was another absolutely fantastic coach absolutely top jaw this guy really could make like Dick could make the most um, complicated things seem so simple. His knowledge was like uh, uh, unbelievable, and having been in the the, the 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 company of people like that, he said, I I want to be like I want to be like him. I really want to be like him. I think that you know, if I could be have half his knowledge, then I'm I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to going in the right direction. So I think you, you know, because. I could kind of sit here and say oh it's 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 um uh, uh this has happened to me that's happened to me and I've already had a couple of stories but i think I, I i want to concentrate on some of the positives which are the idea of who were the people who when you look back at it look back at your coaching and you go you know what that person there they inspired me by doing this they inspired me by saying this you know it's those things those moments and i think that's the other thing when you talk about, you know, where the coaches get their learning is not being frightened to ask somebody who's more experienced than them. What do you think of this? I think this, what do you think? You know, that was something that during my journey that was missing a lot. It was missing a lot. It's not like that now.
3: So I guess, you know, just on that, then you mentioned a couple of names there in Dick Bate and Noel Blake and I guess some of the, People that inspired your journey. I'm just curious to know then You know, it could include them, it might be in addition to them. What would you say some of the biggest lessons that you've learned from people like that, who you'd maybe consider as senior figures or mentors yourself?
2: I think the biggest thing that I learned from, especially from those two, was that you never stop learning. You never ever stop learning. Never it that learning journey never stops. I know that um, I didn't. Uh, you know. I, you know. Dick was on my A license, but you, you never really got to know Dick that well. But um, but I could see that he was the guy who, at the end of an evening, he wouldn't you wouldn't find Dick in, in the bar, you know where other coaches were. Dick has gone up to bed. He was reading. He was watching a game, or whatever it is. You know. Uh, you know. I'd heard that he's got a massive library of of games and stuff like that that he watches, and he can he can tell you about teams in all different parts of the world because he was a student of the game. No, pretty much the same. He just he just loved you, you. You know, Noel always seemed like quite a stern guy. But when you got talking to him, and I did manage to talk to him on a number of occasions, he was just a really lovely guy. He would talk to you about football because he loved it. He, 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 you know, that passion shows showed through. And I think for me, that's the thing that um, you have to, you know, with all the uh, with all the things that have happened to me in football, some some have been very bad, and some have been very good. But the one thing that I never lost is that my, my passion for the game. I just love the game. So if I can't, say for example, if I can't be in a pro club, if I can't be in the, NFL, I'll still coach. I'd still do it. If this was not my job, I would still coach. So I think you know, you know, when you start to think about some of the other people uh, uh, as well who were big influences to me, people like Colin King, massive influence. He was the one who pushed me onto my A license. I mean, these are you know somebody who actually said you can do it. Yeah. There's lots of people who sort of like, who've influenced my journey, but there were very few people who went, actually, you can do this, you should do it, you know? Why haven't you done it? Why haven't you gotten your A license? Why haven't you done this? Why haven't you done that? Those people um, are, 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 are huge. And, and it's, it's, it's important to remember those people because that's how you got, nobody gets to where they are without any help. No one does, no one does.
3: Mm. No 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 I, think I, I can definitely echo that you know but i want to come back to something that you said before about being able to actually reach out and ask people for support and i think that's a key thing i think a lot of um a lot of coaches or just people in general aren't, aren't as willing to do that because they don't know you know maybe that fear of rejection that nah, i'm not going to help you or completely mm. ignore you know being ignored or whatever that might look like and i want to kind of take you back to your current role a little bit then mm. you know? do you mind just Going into a bit of detail and just helping the listeners and the viewers understand a little bit more about what your role is and what that what that entails more specifically in terms of coach development. My role is really it's 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 about
2: helping coaches to be the best that they can be, really. So it's kind of like a bit of coach uh, coaching, coach education, coach development mentoring, it's a bit of kind of everything really. And the role's quite new, so we're kind of forming it as we go along. So the idea is to be a lot more specific around, you know, how we coach, who we, you know, who we, who we interact with. You know, we, you know, my focus is Black and Asian coaches at the moment and diversity and inclusion. So um, to ensure that, you know, if somebody comes along to me and they say to me, look, I'm, I'm struggling here. Um, is to go and help them and you know maybe to go go into their club maybe do something online with them you know because we have a, a, a digital first model which means really we can do stuff digitally like we can you know something like a podcast or or a, or a webinar and we can talk about football from that point of view um, we can somebody can make uh, give me a call and show me their, their what, they, what they're going to do in their next session and we talk about that so it's just to give the uh, people support where 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 we can be a little bit more efficient about that you know we don't always have to go to into their club and travel halfway across london or 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 halfway across the world to give that support we can give the the support like now you know online
3: thank you for that and obviously you know for in 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 terms of obviously your role now, you know, you've had you mentioned obviously you previously were county coach developer. Probably mm-hmm. uh, had a range of roles before that. What would you say, you know, your time within I guess coaching, and more specifically in the in these recent roles has really taught you taught you about leading other people?
2: I think if you if you actually think about um my my role, my role really has it's to do stuff with people as opposed to to them, um, which is kind of a mentoring thing. I think when you're, when, you're, when you're running a course, as you know, you'll have different people at different levels when they come into the course. Some people will be quite knowledgeable. Some people will be quite opinionated. Some people will be very quiet. Some people will have little or no knowledge. They just want to, they, they see
0: football. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off, And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
2: They like football, but they just want to get into it and know a bit more. And they think, of course, we'll give them that. So for me, it's 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 to find out where they are in that journey. In the old role, in the CCD role, which is a fantastic role, one of the things that you couldn't be—you couldn't be as connected as you would want to be because you've got the coaches there for a certain amount of time. Once the course is over, you're then on the next course, so that can be quite difficult. But you still do—you know—if you—if you make the right connections, people will 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 connect with you afterwards. And I think it's really important to keep that connection with the coaches that you work with because if you don't, you're not really doing your job properly. And development isn't about you know, just doing one thing with the person, it's about doing many things with them. I think that's really important. Um, I I think um, this role gives me that opportunity to do that, you know, to actually really look at maybe, not just maybe a coach, but groups of coaches and work with them as, as, uh, 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 to help them develop them, to help them to develop themselves and give them that, again, that that sense of, you know, let's fall in love with learning, learning about the game.
3: No, I think you know you make a great point. There, and it is about falling in love with the game, and obviously, you know, I'm similar to yourself. You know, I probably took a path down coaching because I actually had a passion for the game more than I'm similar. Probably the same loads of people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've been in the game a long time now, um, both initially as a player, but just you know, just even just to being a, a passionate member of the community within football. Mm. What would you say is some of the biggest bugbears are when it comes to coaching specifically for you then you know over the years you've probably seen loads and now you're working with coaches on a daily basis mm. uh, and you have been doing for a number of years what would you say the most consistent maybe biggest bugbears for you
2: uh, I think I think it's, 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 it's when sometimes when coaches just are in a hurry to to, to, to get qualifications say for example or in a quality or in a hurry to get the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, as opposed to understanding. Actually, part of your journey is is to get the experience, so that when somebody asks you something, that you can speak from a voice of experience. I did. I want you to do this because this is what happens if you don't. Or, or have you thought about maybe this? Those are the those are the little nuances that you know. That you know. I think coaches. Uh, kind of forget uh, uh, about coaching. You've got to have some sort of experience. I think another thing for me is the is the, the fact that the, the, the playing field isn't 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 equal. That's the for me. That's the biggest thing. That's the thing that really, you know, that 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 rankles me is to know that sometimes you go for an interview and you know you're not going to get the job. You know you go you try and do something and you know that the, the, the person that you're speaking to isn't going to give you a fair shout i think those are some of the things that rankle me um because i just think it's just unnecessary you know it's unnecessary to to have a situation where there was a sometimes there's a little uh, old boys network or a cl- little club little clique where people said "Well, now you would take him but we won't take you and oh, we better take him because of, this that and the other whatever no if you make everything fair and open and transparent you don't have to worry about whether or not you um you're you, 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 you're um you're upsetting someone or whatever you don't have to worry about that that's not a problem because you've got fear and open transparency and anybody can point the finger at you and you say no this is what we did this is how we did it boom you know may not suit you but this is the way we did. It. and it's that fairness that i think I strive for all the time. I just want, you know, things to be fair. You know, it's hard um, when you're not the person who's making the decisions. And it's hard when you see things and you think, well, that's not right. Those are the things that, 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 that bother me. Um, even more than, uh, probably that probably bothers me more than p- when people are rushing. <laughs> you know, if you're rushing and you're getting somewhere, then fine, no, no problem um but i just think it just needs to be a lot fairer if it's if it's fairer then well, happy days but uh, i think um we 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 talk about um uh, you know diversity and inclusion and what does that what does that look like well let's 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 put it this way i i am doing a bit of writing at the moment which is which a lot of people would probably find quite um, amazing that i'm actually writing anything um and I, and I was thinking about this idea of, of culture, all right? When we, when we look at, at say for example, a, a team signing a player, does the club, does anybody look at the player's culture, where they come from, their, their background? And that doesn't have to mean, that culture doesn't mean colour, it doesn't mean race, and it doesn't mean religion. It's culture. You can have subcultures within cultures. So imagine if you're a poor white boy from from a, a deprived area of of, of Liverpool, right? You're going to have more in common with a poor black boy from a deprived area of Liverpool than you are with a rich white boy from Liverpool because you're you're having the grind. You've got the grind. You you know you you, you know you speak in a certain way. You 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 act in a certain way. You know, you behave in a certain way because your culture expects that of you, yeah? So, I mean, the difference then is in our society, unfortunately, is if I'm a white guy and I put on ears and graces and I speak with a different accent, then actually I'll get through the door easier, you know? But when you walk in the room and you're black or Asian, well, everybody sees that straight away. But... We have to understand that. That's the way of the world. Culture is part of what we do. So we have to understand culture. If we don't understand culture, we are going to be struggling straight away to have a fairer and uh, an equal society. Understand that I'm different from you, but it doesn't mean that, that different is bad. Let's celebrate each other's culture as opposed to saying, well, you're you're over there. I'm going to keep you over there. and uh, And I'm going to stay over here because you don't want me. That's not how the world should act, but maybe I'm being a little bit... No, I think you
3: definitely make a you know point there in that it is about cultures. It is about, you know, I guess in most cases, education more than anything else and understanding and awareness, you know, and, and as the saying goes, you don't know what you don't know until you know. Mm. Um, so I guess, you know, on that, you know, with all those challenges that there are in that respect, what's... I know we've spoken a few times about this in the past but you I'll be Mm. interested in your own words again what is your biggest motivation and what helps keep you inspired to kind of keep pushing those barriers and keep trying to go down that path and I guess continue with that journey so so to speak
2: I think just because if I can do just a little bit to make the football world a bit fairer then I think you know then I, I need to I need to do that little bit, you know. I, listen, I, I'm just I'm just a coach, ostensibly. Who happens to to work for the FA? I'm no I'm no better than anyone else. I'm no 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 cleverer. I'm just a coach. But the thing is how, how what should happen and what drives me on is can I get somebody to actually understand and to be seen? Well, actually. it's going to be a bit fairer it's going to be a bit better for the next person who comes along who's you know who comes after me is important if they understand that actually their behaviors have consequences the way they speak to people has consequences the way they 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 um uh uh, the way they interact with people has consequences that's the thing that drives me on so i try to think to myself okay if i'm talking to somebody if if i was that individual how would I feel if I spoke to that person like this how would I feel if 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 say for example i um, I, I, I was given feedback and I gave it back in a certain way so I'm really conscious of that you know so i'm I'm, I work, I'm working with a coach at the moment and I know this coach likes a lot of feedback that's visual so I have to think about okay how do I help that coach visualize stuff that helps them that's kind of so I'm always thinking about the person I'm interacting with in the first instance as opposed to going right okay I'm going to do this because it's more convenient for me because that's not my role my role is to ensure that the person who I'm trying to give information to can get it if I can't do that then I have to find somebody else who can who might help me to do that and I think that's what's really important that's kind of what I strive for all the time is to find in that balance between being the the the, the 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 coach that's helping but also not being a crutch if you like
3: yeah. I think you know you make some good points there as well and it's just about it is almost that, that element of yeah we need to share knowledge and you know if we are going to be communicating something I think we've got to take responsibility to making sure that that message is communicated effectively not for us in terms of delivery but mm. for, the recipient in their understanding mm-hmm. um you know and i think you know you, you, you talked there earlier about Noel Clark, uh, no blake and uh Dick mm. bait sorry mm. and how they were able just to kind of simplify these things so you know i guess to a layman in, a, in any you know for lack of a better term mm-hmm. um you know that's a real skill i guess you know so the question is you know in in pursuit of that what are some of the things that you, you could maybe suggest that people do to kind of get towards being able to do that? I'll
2: well, tell, tell you what. The thing about it is, it's, it's funny. Um, uh, Colin King sent me a video um, uh, of uh, of the, the day we, we we spent with Dick at, at um, Bishop Abbey. Uh, it was a group of, I think, about 24, 25 um, black, Asian and female coaches, who uh, and we were doing an um, a, a, a NA license prep day. And at the time, Dick was uh, was telling us some stuff about um, uh, uh, how we how we organise a session. And at the time, I'm looking at it. Yeah, I kind of get it, but I don't quite get it. I watched it um, a few days ago and I thought, oh, exactly, that's exactly it. But I didn't know, uh, I, I didn't have the knowledge at the time to be able to, to be able to, to uh, work out what you were saying. Now, this is the thing. That's why it's so important to get the experience and to keep challenging yourself to get knowledge. Because what happens, what you don't know today, you will know tomorrow. And I think that's the thing, the, the, the thing that's important to me, is that you, once you understand that, once you realize that, that it's that, that piece around um, uh, uh, experience, knowledge, a continual learning you might not understand something that you read in the book today because it might be a bit beyond you beyond your knowledge at that time because there's no there isn't a base behind it but as you go on carrying on going down the journey what happens is it starts to become clearer and I think that's that what I would always say to coaches just keep learning don't worry about that you don't get it today you might not get it but if you keep learning you will get it and it, and, it, and you, things just keep coming back to you. you go, oh yeah, I remember when he said that to me. I remember when he said that to me. when she said that. You start to get those 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 um, those messages, and I think that's what's really important.
3: Yeah, you know. I definitely agree with. That. I know you, I think in terms of getting that experience, you know, I like the saying. You know, you can't connect the dots from the windscreen, but you can look in the rear view to do that. Yeah. You know, it, mm. It's only once off, once it's gone, then you can start looking at. it. You know, but I think you know, that part there, that piece, that reflection, piece is key and mm. trying to connect those dots, you know, why are things, not not being more curious and asking those questions as to mm. you know, what's going on there, why is that the way it is and, you know, why have they done this? And, you know, it, I think those, those bits are really key. So, you know, kind of, you know, as we start to wind down though, then if we're not looking in that rear view, mm. looking at connecting some dots, you know, if you had to go back to yourself initially as a 12-year-old self-coaching, And then you know, a few years down the line, when you actually got involved um, in coaching proper, what would be two? What would be messages that you'd give yourself at those two points, based on the experience and the the journey you've had so far?
2: I think I would, I would tell myself not to be scared. I think that was the biggest thing. I did a lot of stuff out of fear, and not out of you know, because I always thought that. I was going to be judged so what I what I should have done is gone right you know um just go and do it you know you've got nothing to lose you've got nothing to fear and I think um it's having the confidence in yourself to I, and, and to believe in yourself I think that was a thing I used to do stuff and I used to think I wonder if that's right or I wonder, and I and I remember when I was at Beckersfield I mean remember I, I took the reserves and and we were playing in a quite a quite a low league. I won't say what it is, just in case any of the people who were in that league are listening. But we we got promoted. We made three promotions in in free, in four years. I think it was, you know, not because I was particularly a good coach. I don't think because I, I, I didn't have that knowledge. But I took what I knew, of, what what I knew, and then started to look at it from a point of view of if I did this. What would that look like in the game? That was my curiosity. So I think what I would say is is trust yourself. If you're gonna make a mistake, you're gonna make a mistake. You know what I mean? By doing nothing, you don't achieve anything. You don't find out anything. Um, And I think the other thing I would would, uh, tell myself is always have people around you who question you. It's a big thing. When I was um, manager at one club, I surrounded myself with people who thought like me and when uh when things didn't go well there was nobody to tell me actually Pete what's happy It's a load of rubbish you know um and then made me think and it wasn't until after I got the sack from that job that I went oh actually maybe what I was thinking was was totally wrong because I had this idea that we were going to play out no matter what but you, you can't do that You know, you have to to look at the league that you're playing in, the players that you have, you know, are the players capable of doing what you want them to do? And I didn't do that. And that was my fault because, and then everybody else around me was saying the same thing. Oh, keep doing it because it's going to come good. Well, at that time, you're in the results business. The chairman wants you to get wins and you've got to get wins. If you don't get them, the chairman's getting rid of you, which is what happened, you know? I mean, what he said to me after he got rid of me, (laughs) wasn't great, but, but... But the point is, if you judge it on results, you got sacked for the right reasons, because you didn't get results because it's a results business. You know, when you start to work, when you start to work at at some development level and you're developing players, again, you've got to have people who question you. Well, why are you doing that? Is that making the player better or is it making them worse?
3: You're right. And I think, you know, it's, it's important to have those people around you that are going to challenge your views and, you know, sometimes contradict those views. And I think just be, just having those people around you can cause you to become more curious about yourself, but, you know, if you've got, an, if, if you've got a growth mindset in, in any, in any sense, anyway, um, you know, just to kind of build on that, you know, what would you say you, you know, the fundamentals are to your own philosophy and the way that you work? It's, it's, it's about, it's
2: just about players. just about the players. Everything is I do is about the players. You know, if I'm, if I'm going into, if I'm actually coaching, if I'm coaching the team, it's all about the players. If I'm going to work on coach education, it's all about the coaches. What do the coaches want? Mm. What do they need? It's not down to me to give them, uh, 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 to say, you need this. Mm. You know, it's down to me to say, okay, what do you think you need? And how do you think I can help you? Same thing with players. Okay, you lose a game, um, and, 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 and listen, as you go through your your your, your coaching, career, you're going to lose games. Sometimes you lose a game, and and you go to and you that and those games are the games where you learn the most. It's the games that the players learn the most, because certain things happen, and then they start to go, oh right, okay, I understand what you were saying there.
3: Just on that, then you you, you say those games that you lose, you know, where you can learn the most. But I think just on uh, a point to kind of add to that is. You can only get that learning if you start starting to ask yourself the right questions um, you know certainly for, my, for, for myself in my journey mm-hmm. um, as time's gone out I feel like I'm becoming more self aware mm-hmm. and really starting to challenge myself and asking those questions um, so I guess you know it's kind of on that then you know just kind of talk to us through some of the things that you've been through you've talked us through what your role looks like now Mm. Um, obviously recently stepping into that role.
2: Mm.
3: But what's next for Peter Gustin?
2: You know, I, I don't really know, you know. That's that's if I'm if I'm honest. Don't really know. I don't know that what I'd ideally like to do. That. Yeah, at least I'd like to work in international football if I could. Um, um but I don't know if that's gonna that, that, that's gonna that's gonna come to me. Um I just think I just wanna keep keep growing. As a coach, I mean that sounds that sounds a bit trite, doesn't it? You know, I wouldn't be wouldn't be I want to be a great coach, you know. But I, I, I do, I want to just keep being better and, and and people who who then I come across then see me as an all right person because I think that's the most important person but most important thing is that you have to be a decent person first and that's so people will come and ask you for come and ask you for stuff. In my role, you know, I honestly when I say to coaches. If you want help, call me, you know, email me. You know, it's, it's it's not that deep. Yeah, it might take me a bit of time to get back to you, but but, but I'll always get back to you because I think it's important um, to get back to, to coaches. Sometimes, yeah, listen, there's been times when I haven't got back to coaches and that's only because sometimes I've got myself so busy that I'm trying to help everybody, you know, but the whole point about this new role is that it will allow me to be a lot more strategic to be able to help people. And just because, you know, I work in diversity and inclusion doesn't mean to say that any coach couldn't call me up and say to me, Yeah, could you help me? Because I will, I will, because that's you know, that's the humanist thing to do. I think, you know, so so if you said to me now, where do I see myself in five years' time, say for example, I would find that difficult to answer because my journey thus far hasn't been really that 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 plan i've just worked and worked and worked and then an opportunity presented itself to me i've applied and and, then i've gone on but the learning you know i worked at i remember when i started up um i used to work in a in a in a beer factory and um i used to work night shifts and coach a, a junior team at the same time so um we used to be able to earn like quite a bit of money at the weekends for overtime and I decided that I didn't wanna do overtime in the winter. I wanted to coach football. And all the guys in the factory used to say to me, oh, you're mad, you're crazy. Do you know how much money you're losing? Blah, 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 blah. I said, yeah, but this is, I said, if we ever lo- lose this job, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go into football. And there it, and it was one guy, there was only one guy at the factory who, who would say to me, Pete, you've got to go for it. And it's a guy called Amos Justin. Uh, I I was name checking because uh, I I remember when I was going through my my license, he said, if you don't go on your A license, you're going to regret it for the rest of your life. Uh, And he was right. I'm glad I did it. But when I was working, when when the factory closed down and I got made redundant, um, I remember thinking, right, what am I going to do? And people said to me, "Oh, you couldn't run soccer schools because they make lots of money." And I said, "I don't want to do that. That's not me." So I, I didn't. I, I knew that's what I w- didn't want to do. So then I, then I was carrying on with the youth team I was working with, and then an opportunity came up to run Hampton's Academy, um, and that was that was nothing. There was nothing there at the time. There was no template. Um, the 16 to 19 programs were, were quite their See, I think Staines Town were the, were the biggest woking, were, 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 were big in it at the time, and everybody else was dabbling in it. And I just looked at what they did, and I thought, right, okay, I'm going to be as good as them. And then when I went through all of that process, it, I built it, built it, built it, built it with the help of other people as well. You know, uh, people, you know, you know the, um, the, the coaches who I work with. And then the opportunity to work for the FA came, and I just thought I was doing I was doing well at, at at Hampton to be quite honest, financially and everything. I was doing very well, and I thought this is an opportunity for me to be able to do something where I can actually help more people, um, and 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 it went from there really, um, and kind of there wasn't a plan, you know, it, it, you know, it just it, it happened, you know, you know when I, when I moved from. From, from northwest London to Surrey, there was no plan as to where I was going to coach. You know, I applied for a job. Uh, there was a job in the in the paper. Uh, no, it wasn't it. Surrey Coaches Association put out an ad uh, uh, for um, uh, presenting coach Epsom and Yule. I applied for it, and um, that's a long story. But I got the job eventually. Mm. Okay, and then from there, and I thought, oh, actually. I got down the route of becoming, I'll take this job and, I'll, and I think I'll be. I'll do this for a little bit. Then I'll move to another bigger club and I'll move to another big club. Then eventually i coach in the conference and maybe the football league. Didn't happen. Two jobs later, I just thought this isn't for me. You know, um, I didn't know what I was going to do at that point. Um, and then I got other jobs. I got a job at Chelsea for a little bit, working at the Girls' Centre of, uh, of Excellence, Middlesex Girls' Centre of Excellence, where we met. Um, you know, all those things. They weren't, there wasn't a plan for it. It just so happened that I thought, oh, I, I want to do that. I want to try and do that, just to broaden my experience. So for me, in the next few years, I'll just keep trying to work hard to be the best coach that I can be. And then eventually I'll say to myself, well, you know what? I'll I'll, I'll go for for that job there or that job there if it, come, if it comes available. I, you just don't know. Yeah. You really don't. In fact, if anybody will, will actually employ me, I don't
3: know. <laughs> you be fine, Pete. Man, um, you know, I just want to take you back to something you touched on a few moments ago around the idea of helping people, mm-hmm. um, whether they be players, whether they be coaches, whether they be from this community or that. You know, I guess I want, you know. The question I've got now is, like, if I was to give you sixty seconds now to maybe wrap up with some golden nuggets for the listeners and viewers. What would that be?
1: Right. Well,
2: don't be in a hurry. Two, fall in love with learning and the game. Three, um, never miss an opportunity to learn. And the last thing is always ask a question. If you've Got a question, always ask it. Now, if the person doesn't want to answer the question, that's more fool them. The yeah. thing about it is, is that you must ask the question. And if that person doesn't give you the answer, Find somebody else who will give you an answer. But just don't be scared. Don't be scared. And I, I, I'll say something. Um, you know, for 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 it within my role as a uh, as a coach, a coach development officer with in diversity inclusion is is there's more help than there's ever been. Reach out. And go and get the help. Do not be scared to go and get the help because it's there for you. You know, we uh, our roles are there to help people. They're not there for us to sit on our hands. You know, p- you know, p- email, pick up the phone, whatever you want to do. You know, send a text, don't matter. That's, you know, it, it's the, this is the best time ever to be a coach. Best time ever, 100%. I
3: think. And I think it's important that people remember to ask if you you're a business because they know exactly what your job title is. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, you know, it, you talked a little bit earlier in, um, around. I guess the impact you want to have on people, you know, I guess my mm. you know, my next question for you then, yeah, is what's the legacy that you want to leave behind, off the back of how you live your life. I just I just I just I just want people
2: to think I was a pleasant individual. That's it. Don't no more than that. You know, being I would hate people say, Oh, he's a brilliant coach, but what a donor he was. That's I would i I'd hate that. I'd rather them say oh, he was alright at coaching. I don't want them to say I was rubbish because I, I think I'm all right, but but I would rather them say I oh, was alright at coaching, but he was actually a nice guy. I I wouldn't mind spending a bit of time with him because I think that's I think that's more important more than anything. It's just being a decent human being if you can be. You know, if you can't, then whether you're a good coach or not doesn't really matter.
3: Mm, definitely. no yeah, Peter, it's been a very insightful conversation um, and I'm sure the listeners and viewers will probably picked up loads of golden nuggets as of I, you know, and really get to understand a little bit more about who you are and what your role might actually be. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. I've got to find
2: out what it is first, haven't I, really?
3: That's it, that's it 100%. Um, Look, Pete, I just want to thank you again for your time. You know, and I've got um just got a quick fire round for you now, then just to kind of okay. see where your mind's at. So three okay. really quick questions, uh, uh, just to see what see what Pete Pete Augustin thinks. Don't right. stitch me
2: up now. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> First one, plain and simple. Who's better coach, Mourinho or Pep? Woo.
2: Uh,
3: Mourinho. Okay. All right, the second one. Messi or Ronaldo? Messi. Right. Final one then. Who's the best player of all time? Pelé. Okay. All right. Well, look, there you have it, this. Okay. <laughs> Quick question for Pete. Pete, you know, obviously, he's got the first one right with uh, Mourinho. <laughs> you that, yeah, we, uh, you're, that's something you're a Spurs fan. Definitely not a Spurs fan. <laughs> but... Uh, is definitely number one. Um, for me, I'm not sure about the messy thing or, or Pele, but because you know, <laughs> you know I mean?
2: it's because I'm it's because I'm a little crusty, that's why I can say Pele. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, look, Pete, I just want to say thank you again for your time this evening. It's been very, um, very insightful and very, very entertaining for myself, and I'm, I'm sure it will be for the listeners and viewers as well. Just on a final note, then you know, if any of the viewers or listeners do have any questions or they want to kind of maybe find out a little bit more about you and what you do. Um, or have any questions around some of the things that we've discussed or even beyond? Is there some way where they can get in touch with you to do that?
2: Yeah, they can do. If they can email me um, uh, at peter.augustine uh, at thefa.com. They can follow me on, on Twitter. Now I've got to get my Twitter handle up because it's just changed recently. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and, and I'm going to make sure that I get this right because I've got. <laughs> Uh, okay, what's, what's my Twitter handle? Uh, where is it? Oh, here it is. It's the one with the little bird. Uh, it is... It's Peter F-A-C-D-O Yeah, yeah at Peter F-A-C-D-O yes, That's yes, on Twitter. Yeah, you can get my Twitter as well, yeah. And... Um, and also, also, don't forget, uh, you'll probably be able to k- catch some of my videos on the FA Bootroom. And that's a great resource as well. I'm just doing a bit of advertising there.
3: Guys, <laughs> yes, look, there you have it. It's um, another thanks for my guest, Peter Augustine. Uh, it be very insightful for me and hopefully for you guys as listeners as well. Um, we've got Pete's details there if you want to get in touch and find out a little bit more about what he does once he finds, this, finds that out himself. <laughs> um, but... Again, okay, guys, so thank you for being, for being here. Hope you enjoyed it. Until next time, guys, take care. Well, there you have it, guys. Another episode of the Coaches Network podcast, where our aim is to bring the world of athlete, talent, and personal development together to just one platform. And you can help us with that mission right now by sharing this episode or any of your favorite episodes with everyone that you can think of. You can tag us in those mentions as well on Instagram at the Coaches Network or on Twitter at the Coaches Network. We look forward to hearing from you. Let us know what you thought about today's episode. And until next time, guys.